Hello, I'm Dr. Rodney Barlow, and I want to welcome you to my podcast. What I will be discussing on this will be my next lesson entitled, Program Yourself Out of Barrenness Through Renewing Your Mind by the Word of God. However, before I begin, I want to start by thanking you for tuning in, for leaving your reviews, for subscribing and sharing with your friends and family what you learn and like from this teaching. Also, I look forward and you connecting with me through our social media platforms. I look forward to hearing your testimony. That would not only be a blessing to myself but to others. Well, with that being said, let's begin. Program yourself out of bounds. You see, computer has a various programs called software. Without the software, you cannot run the computer. Software are written instructions to solve a particular problem. So we have covenant software as well which are covenant truths that are written to solve particular problems. And until we comply the directives, the problem remains in our life. Jesus said it like this, and you should know the truth, and the truth should make you free. So what do I need to do? I need First, I need to get a hold onto the word of God. You see, Philippians chapter 2, verse 16 says, Holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, or labored in vain. So you want to hold fast to the word of life. You know, the description says in Luke chapter 11, verse 52, Woe to you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourself, and those who were entered in, you hindered. You see, God has delivered us many kingdom keys. And each key, I believe, is designed to open up a particular door. Your, eye, your eyes need to be open to the specific key in the Word of God that can open and shut doors of your life. You know, Jesus said this to the disciples in Matthew 16. Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And then he went on to say, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. So you see, the key is meditating on the word of God. God has given us keys. Another key is what? Meditating on the word of God. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 13 and 15 talks about this. It says, till I come, give attention to reading to exhortation, to doctrine. Meditate on these things. Give yourself, get this, give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. So when I talk about meditation, I'm talking about biblical meditation. Well, what does it mean and how does I biblically meditate on God's word? It means to mutter or to say softly, to muse, to roll over a thought, a situation in your mind, to dwell on something, to envision the truth of God's word having to come having come to pass in my situation. You see, Joshua gave us a key that would guarantee us success in life. In Joshua chapter one, verse eight, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. How often? You should meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You see, we are instructed to meditate on God's word. Then notice that you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. 
Oftentimes, people have read the word, people read the word, and yet things remain negative. Why? Because sometimes they have not pondered on the word until faith is released. But I see you beginning to meditate on the word of God and ponder on the word, and your faith is being released. You know, so meditation, biblical meditation I'm talking about, memorizing the scripture or scriptures, personalizing that scripture or scriptures, visualizing what you memorize and personalize. You see, what are the results? Remember what we just read. This book of the law shall not depart, but the results are that you will observe. The results are that you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. So biblical meditation is concentrated mental attention. It's been a rigorous reader. It's taking time to ponder on the truths that you read. It is eating the words that you read, eating those scriptures, eating those promises. What did Jeremiah say? In Jeremiah 15, verse 16, he said, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. Notice, he didn't say the words found, and I read them. He said, your words is found, and I ate them. And as you eat these scriptures and these principles that we're sharing, I believe what's going to happen, joy is going to be the joy and rejoicing of your heart. Now, the psalmist said in Psalms 119, 130, the interest of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. See, God's word is food to my spirit. You know, Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. But he answered and said, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You see, physical food makes no impact on your body unless it is digested. So biblical meditation is digestion of spirit food. See, biblical meditation involves what? Pining the truth in my heart, focusing on the word of life so I can lay hold of the substance in it. And about asking questions, asking God, God, what does this mean? How can I apply this scripture to my life? You see, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2 says, For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So faith come by hearing, and then faith, that word got to be mixed, corresponding action, so it can profit you. You know, the psalmist said in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, Blessed is the man who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. You see, biblical meditation opens you up to heaven's counsel. When you meditate on the word, you will know what actions to take to get out of your predicament. Verse 3 says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So another key is what? Biblically meditating on God's word. Then after you do that, I want to encourage you to present your case to God. You said present my case? Yes, present your case. Right now, there's a case of barrenness, but we present in our case, we take the promises of God's word, and we can present it to Father God. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 21 says, Produce your cause, saith the Lord, bring forth your strong reason, said the king of Jacob. New King James says, Present your case, says the Lord, bring forth the strong reason. 
Now, when you bring in forth your strong reasons, why is that? Because God expects you to present him to him reasons of why he should intervene in your case. Where do you get the strong reasons from? Guess what? You get it from the word of God. When you're fully persuaded from his word that children are your heritage in God, then you go to him and present your case. Why? You present your case with your discoveries. What discoveries do you have? Psalms 127, verse 3. It says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. You present Proverbs 24, verse 14. So shall the knowledge of the wisdom be unto thy soul. When I have found it, then there shall be reward, and my expectations shall not be cut off. Remember what Abraham did in Romans chapter 4, verse 20. He said, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded what he had promised, he was able also to perform. I am fully persuaded that what God did for my wife and I, what God did for others that we prayed for, God is going to do for you. You know, we are presenting our case to God, God as judge. Psalm 82, verse 8 says, Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all nations. See, what, what takes place with the judge? The judge conducts their business where? In a courtroom. So heaven must have a courtroom where God conducts his kingdom business. So when you're praying, God is or might be asking, why should he grant you what you desire? That's why it is essential to know what God's word says about your situation. And once you know it, present your case with full assurance. You say full assurance? Yes, with full assurance. For the scripture says in First John chapter 5, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. And so what I want to do, I want to present my case to God. Not only that, I want to address then or confront the situation. You must address and confront the situation. Jesus said it like this in Mark chapter 11, verse 23. For sure I say to you, whoever say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. After you have spoken to God, you face and address the situation. You speak to that situation, and you address it by name. You say, like, why do I need to do that? You speak to that barrenness, and you dress that barrenness. Because Jesus said in Matthew 17, verse 20, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So you say, you barrenness, I take authority over you now. I curse you from the roots. I fibroids. Be uprooted. Block tubes, be open. Low sperm count, be whole. Now in Jesus' name, you are speaking to that situation. And after you speak to that situation, declare your victory. Declare your victory over barrenness. Why? Because the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Hebrews chapter 11, 3 says, by faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God 
so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So you are framing your world by the word of God. So you start declaring, I cannot be barren. I am fruitful. I am, I am blessed. I am fruitful. I am productive. Then after that, another key is you watch your attitude and you watch your actions. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 17, give us a story. Give us an illustration about Hannah. The Bible says, then Eli answered and said, go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, let your maid servant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. So what that means, she, she changed her attitude, and her actions showed it on her face. Verse 19, then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to the house of Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. You see, she received the word. Her attitude changed. Her actions changed because when they went home, they handled their business. You see, so God watch your what attitude and your actions. First Samuel 2, 3 says, Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. We get this, for the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. So I want to encourage you, don't say you're pregnant by faith and then look sad. No, say you're pregnant and have a smile on your face. For by faith we believe God. With God all things are possible to him that believeth. You know, Mark chapter 2, there's a biblical account when these people brought this man to Jesus. Why? Their actions showed their faith. And, it's, and it reads, and when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he saw that action. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And know what happened? He was healed. Why? Faith demands actions. The next key I want to encourage you is refuse to quit. Refuse to quit. Notice with Abraham, God spoke a prophetic promise. It didn't happen overnight, but it did happen. He had to go through the steps of procedure to believe in God. And one of them is found in verse 18 of Romans chapter 4, who contrary or who against hope in hope he believed, so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be, or so shall, so shall your seed be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now look at this. Who against all natural hope, but all natural hope was gone. He believed in the God of hope. He believed that God cannot lie. He believed that God is going to bless him and his wife. So look at the situation. He did not consider his body. He did not consider the facts. Now, mind you, he might have had a low sperm count, but guess what? With God, all things are possible. He did not even consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. But why? Because the word of God is more powerful than the natural womb. What did he do? He did not waver at the promise of God. And I see you not wavering at the promise of God. But I see you getting strong in faith, 
and giving glory to God. And the last thing I want to leave with you today, that what Sarah did, it's found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. And it says, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. I believe today you are receiving strength to conceive seed. Why? Because you're going to do what Sarah did. You're going to judge him faithful. You're going to judge God as faithful, as dependable, as trustworthy, as reliable. You're going to judge God as God. You're the God of integrity, the God you cannot lie. You're going to judge God with God all things are possible. You know, you're going to be like Sarah. You're going to judge him faithful because God is true to his word. He blessed us. He's no respect to a person. And I decree and I declare you will have your blessing from barrenness to fruitfulness. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I stand in agreement. I thank you. Watch over your word. I thank you. Those, those husbands, those wives, believe in you, God. They're going to judge you faithful. And God, I thank you. I will be here. The testimony what the Lord has done for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.